in our line of work. Yeah. In my line of work, and yeah. sometimes your line. Of work. <laughs> uh, we travel a lot, and it's not easy actually being away from home when you're filming in different city or for a few months at a time. And I like my family to feel as comfortable as possible. So what do I do? I go on Airbnb. And I look up all of the houses in the areas that I am going to be filming. And mm-hmm. I see if I can find the absolute best house for my family That's when I'm right. working. Actually, I worked in Albuquerque. I have a house in Albuquerque. And I rent it as an Airbnb. You sure do. So there you go. So think about it. Your home sits empty while you're away. Why not have your empty space earn some extra income? Hosting is a lot easier than you might think. You don't need an Airbnb, a whole house. You could just You could just host your spare room. So consider becoming an Airbnb host because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music and lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Hi, I'm Kate Hudson. And my name is Oliver Hudson. We wanted to do something that highlighted our relationship. And what it's like to be siblings. We are a sibling rivalry. No, no. Sibling rivalry. Don't do that with your mouth. (laughs) Sibling rivalry. That's good. So I am so excited about this one, Oliver. I've been trying. I've been, I've been I, trying to get. Well, we. I know. Well, you. You have a relationship with Seth on the program forever because I know how close he is with his brother mm-hmm. and Josh. Josh, and so Myers. This was so. Or Myers. Yes. Wait. It's Myers. I was just so excited. I love Seth. He's the best. I, we didn't a, even get into the fact that, that I was on, on SNL and it was his first year on SNL. I know. There was a lot that I but, feel like we, it's almost like you could do another part two of it, but their relationship is so loving. I know. I was like nervous. It was. I was trying to find 
something that maybe there I was know. some tension. You but might have pushed a little too hard. I never put out. I think they appreciated <laughs> it. But they're just they they are just so supportive of each other and you know so loving and you know and, and they, they they don't even see each other that much. They're on different coasts. I just want to say this was so fun and um, they have their own podcast. Yeah, that we get into. I get into with them right away, but they're starting to have a podcast. That's fun. Together. They're doing it together to be closer right. to each other. That's is part right. of their deal. And I love that. I love them because that brought us closer. It did. All right. So enjoy Seth and Josh Myers. Hi, Oliver. What's up, everybody? Yeah, Ronnie was uh, What's dist- happening? distracting me. She was wanting me to do some routine. I yeah, told her to. Pay, I told her to pay me, and she had no money. <laughs> You're like, I'm on cameo, right? <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, buy a cameo, Ronnie. My kids did their first lemonade stand, and it's shocking the realization that nobody has money anymore. Oh my god, <laughs> like I know. You fully need yeah. a Venmo. <laughs> I stopped by a lemonade stand the other day, and they had a thing that said, "This is where you can send your Venmo to if yeah, you need it." That's are you are, yeah, you, are happened, you shitting me? No, that's what happened. That happened to us. Although we had one person that give like a thousand dollars. Well, they they only had a hundred, and we didn't have any any change because we had yeah. no, we had like a little bit, and we ended up getting. They were like, just take it. We're like, oh, God. No, no, I know. And that's I, when you really you are backfiring teaching your kids a lesson about money. We used to sell when we were kids. We had like a stand, and our mom would bake homemade chocolate chip cookies. And we would sell homemade chocolate chip cookies and like cans of a weird off-brand soda. Mm-hmm. And we Ooh. would set up sort of at the top of our subdivision in Michigan. Mm. And like those cookies were warm and people. Oh, yeah. that's good. Yeah. yeah, we did a good business out there. Well, in the '80s, Kate and I sold cocaine. <laughs> yeah, great spot at a stand, yeah. like you know. This on the is, corner of right. the Pacific Palace. These Carreras. You just have to be near the woods where the cops would. can't go. Yeah, like, it's true. These Carreras would just pull up. <laughs> a couple grams. Oh, different time. So it was funny. a different the time. Early, the early, the late 80s. Um, oh, so but funny. I was obsessed with selling shit. When I was in high school, I sold fake IDs. He um, did, he did. I sold marijuana, not understanding that it's supposed to bud. <laughs> So I just stripped the leaves off of it uh, and had so much pesticide on it that people were smoking it and throwing up everywhere, getting sick. I I, I don't know what I was doing. I'm just glad you didn't kill anybody because that would have been bad. But everyone thought I like it was- that there's someone right now who's listening and realizing that's who sold me those bad drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't put two and two together. <laughs> By I the know. way, you are for people who can't see, you're wearing a hat that a guy who would sell you weed leaves uh-huh. should wear. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> just just the leaves. Just the leaves. That was the name of your weed. That's, I was gonna say, that's a great. That's a great name. Uh, well, I was gonna say, Seth, I've been trying to get you on this podcast forever with your bro. I'm so happy to be here. And then every time I'm on the show, I'm like, you got to come on our podcast. And so, welcome to Sibling Revelry. I'm so excited. And you guys are gonna start your own sibling podcast. I hear. We are. We are. We're entering the sibling uh, marketplace. You cocksuckers. We we're gonna do a suckers. <laughs> Ours is called Family Trips with the Myers Brothers, uh, and we are. We're just gonna drill down and talk to people about the trips they took with their families growing up mm-hmm. and how they uh, connected with theirs. And we feel it's a really nice time. Like I, 
you know, we were really close with our parents, still are. But that's a, it's a real, um, I don't know what that would, but I feel like you, everything about your family is really exaggerated when you go on a trip with mm-hmm. them. Oh yeah. The good and the bad. I was thinking about this because we have a couple trips that are like oh. epic trips. So I don't want to get into it on this podcast. So when we come on your podcast, yeah. Yeah, yeah. thank you. We can share. Well, thank you for your restraint. We have, uh, <laughs> no, it's true. It's true think- because we have a few that are really like, happy times. And like not. And then others, one that I think we're both thinking about that was insane. My, my wedding? Well, there's your wedding, but then there was also the, the boat Oh, the trip. boat. Yeah, yeah that, that was bad. There was a lot <laughs> of shit that went down. <laughs> the best we was, like, the v- was the was the van again. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, I think... But oh, this yeah, is great. I mean, these are really nice teasers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we—I don't know about you guys, but like the ones we still talk about are the ones that we, as a family, didn't weren't at each other's throats. But everything went wrong. Mm-hmm. Like I think a family trip where everything goes wrong and yet you can come out of it with like good stories are almost worth more than everything going smoothly. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, if you guys, if everyone's in love and your family is is a loving, yeah. close family, you know, almost that that friction will then, you know, years later will be the reason why you keep talking about that trip and laughing yeah. about you, it. You get to come back with a little lore. You know, you get a little folklore. Mm-hmm. It's good. And then the story does change. Like everybody's perspective of it does change over the year. Like 20 years later, yeah. everyone has a different point of view about that's what's what a, happened on, at the story. That's why that your idea is such a great idea because everyone has a different perspective on that vacation and, yeah. and everyone's varies. You know what I mean? It'll be interesting it's to blast. find out what when you have siblings on – which ones are, do end up arguing about what actually happened on the trip? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. One I, of our worst ever's was at a place called Molasses Pond, which Josh then wrote a <laughs> school essay about. So I think Josh in this case actually has – he can actually look back at written time. <laughs> yeah, I'd have, to, I'd have to look in mom's uh, curated box of our <laughs> of our early works. But, yeah, that was uh, – it was a bad one. It was a bad yeah. trip. Yeah. But mom still talks about it with sort of a – a real dreamy air, but she like got stung by a horse fly and her like arms blew up and she looked like Popeye <laughs> with these huge forearms. So yeah. it was like rushed to the hospital situation. Oh it no, was, that was like Martin Short in that, good. remember that show, that movie he did when he got stung by the bee and he's in the back of the airplane and he blows up. No, it was with like Danny Glover and Martin Short and... Oh, God, oh this is interesting. I'm, I love it. I love that. What when, movie am I, I love talking when showbiz about? kids can't remember movies. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't remember that movie. It was a comedy. It was some comedy. Well, it's not fair did. for you to say, I don't remember it. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, well, also the, did, the, I do feel like, to be fair uh, to Oliver, I do think he did blow up in inner space. So I think that's a nice poll. I think uh, he did. Yeah. I don't think it's the movie Kate's talking about, but I think it's a pretty solid Pure guess. luck. Pure luck. Pure luck. I would not have gotten pure, pure luck. luck. It's that, in the chat. No, was, you didn't just come up. <laughs> no, with it's that. in the that chat. Up in the chat. That's, that is. Yeah, that's guess, uh, Allison. One of Marty's specialties is, is getting <laughs> stung and having an allergic reaction. You know, just Google it later, and it'll it'll be like post traumatic stress. One You'll last thing that we'll get into your whole life, but like I also find that vacations in general, even with your family, the anticipation is incredible, and then the re- the, the and, and being retrospective about it is amazing. In the yes. moment, it's never as good as you anticipate or you remember yeah. yeah they i read a thing recently that said that's why you should book vacations far as far in advance as possible because you you'll get more 
mental health and the looking forward to it than you will in the aftermath. Mm-hmm. So like a booking a or, last or the actual being there. Right. Right. Like it's even better than being there. Yeah. Or um, just or just yeah, quit family vacations. Just stop. <laughs> just stop. Yeah. I do that. I just want to be transported there. There's the sh- the schlep to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Just to and not pay for it. That's the goal. That's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to you want to be teleported for free? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, that, that's my yeah. move. My my move with family vacation. It's good to have clear clear goals. Yeah. yeah. My move is look, you guys. I got the kids. I can't. It's too much money. I can't do it. And then I, I wear them down enough to where they're finally like mom or Kate's. Like I'll just pay for it. Just get on <laughs> right. the plane. And then I'm like, it's oh, always yeah. It's always know, mom the ho- and I. The hotel rooms. I got to get all these hotel rooms. I'll get the hotel rooms. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, you just got to be the last one to blink. That's right. right. Oh, well, okay. Well, welcome to our podcast. And we always start with something super simple, which is where did it all start? Seth, Josh Myers, where did you grow up? I came two years before Josh in Evanston, Illinois. We were both born there. But we don't have much of a memory of that because then we, as Josh mentioned, we got off to Michigan mm-hmm. and we were in Michigan. What were until we were nine and seven? Is that about right, Josh? Yeah, I was. I remember moving to New Hampshire. It was the middle of second grade um, yeah. for me. So it was right, like we right. moved over Christmas, over the holidays. We did. We flew from Michigan to Boston and went to go see cats. Yeah. <laughs> and it was sort of like everything was happening so fast. And we sort of just got tricked into not being sad about leaving our old mm-hmm. sort of house and life behind. And cats Mid-year did the trick. <laughs> and we went to cats. And uh, I don't know if your listeners this will mean anything to them. We met the boxer marvelous Marvin Hagler wow. was at cats and signed and signed my cat's playbill. Are you kidding? Not a, lot of, not a lot of people meet famous boxers. Do you still have that playbill? I feel like I did for a long time and yet even longer. What feels like an even longer time ago, my room was turned into a family office and I feel like maybe the playbill didn't survive. Okay. (laughs) I was just going to say, you do have like a a filing cabinet in your uh, closet at home that has all your comics sort of neatly filed away. It could be in there. Your comic books. My comic, comic books. books yeah. You were a big, oh, big comic book guy. I was I was the collector of the two of us because yeah. Then we, uh, my parents are still, uh, our parents are still in the house we grew up in in New Hampshire. Oh, cool. and they've been there since 1982, 84. Was it something like that? Okay, yeah. so you went Michigan to Boston so to New, New Hampshire. Hampshire. Yeah, yeah, Boston was just just yeah. For uh, cats. We didn't live there. We just flew in there. They just and went then right. drove up to New Hampshire an hour away. Now, what happened when you got to New Hampshire? Did you have like moments where you were like, oh, all of our friends, we have to make new friends? Or did you guys really lean on each other? Were you a little bit too young? We definitely leaned on each other, though. I mean, we always have been, we always have had, or we always did. This stopped at some point. Like we got married and stuff, or I did. But uh, we had (laughs) two bedrooms. We had our own bedrooms, but we each had two beds. Uh, so I, Josh had a bunk bed in his room and I had two twin beds in my room. And so even though we had our own rooms, we would always just, we would always both sleep in one of the rooms. And I feel like we didn't just decide. We would just, the night would end and we'd just go into one of the rooms. Mm. Oh, we that's so cute. I just went into Ollie's room and he hated it. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, was, it, it was, was too much for me. <laughs> but I know the feeling. It's like, you know, 
you always want to, especially when you're, you're only two and a half years apart. Little yeah. less, like almost a little less. Two. Yeah. Okay, that's almost like us. Yeah, my boys slept in the same room, and then there was that moment where the older one wanted his own. You know. Yeah. This is, and I should stress, this happened a long time ago. So if you run into Josh on the street, like you shouldn't tease him about it like it's something that just happened. But Josh <laughs> used to always uh, sleepwalk and just go to the middle of our room and uh, just take, uh, just I unload peed. a huge whiz on the middle really? of Really? What? Yeah. I thought I was in the bathroom. You did. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it would be a closet. Sometimes I'd open the closet door and just pee in the closet. Does this um, still happen? <laughs> no. Again, it hasn't happened. Don't tease about Have it. we it graduated from this? This is good. Um, I will say yeah. that if there are any young people listening who have a sibling that does this, uh, I found out the hard way as well. Don't yell their name oh, when they're sleepwalking. Because they'll pee on you. Because what they'll do is they'll just turn. They'll turn to face you. <laughs> so you got um, spray. It's called a, it's called a pivot. <laughs> spray <laughs> pivot. Spray, spray me once. Yeah. Shame on you. I think. Yeah. So. <laughs> Shame me once. Pee uh, on you. A pivot. <laughs> <laughs> but we did. We uh, but we were always, um, you know, again, and and uh, because we're so close with our parents, it did not. I don't remember it, and I'm sure it was, but I don't recall any trauma about that move, and friends yeah. or anything like that. What sent you to New Hampshire or your parents? Yeah, just my dad's job. His job. What did he do? Yeah. Um. Would it? it is it embarrassing that neither Josh? Or I could probably explain it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> when he worked, he worked for a company called SRI when we lived in uh, Michigan. And I don't know what they did. Yeah. And then he stopped that company to start a new company called CFX, Computer FX. And they made like, I don't know if this is all they did, but they made like jewelry and T-shirts and things, and the designs were all like microchips. Mm. So your dad is um, because my dad. Like, so your dad, my dad is, is in the, the CIA. He's a hustler of some kind. <laughs> so your dad's in the CIA. You don't really know. <laughs> he's, in the, he's the mob. I would say the short answer for what my dad does, and again, I can't yeah. explain it, and it would be rude of you to ask, <laughs> is trade finance. Ooh, so okay. very CIA. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's not what he seems. So he would sure. take Took multiple. This true story. Two multiple vacations. trips to Kuwait. Really? In the 80s. Oh. Right, Josh? Yeah. 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 Oh, yes. He's yeah. definitely in the... CIA. <laughs> <laughs> um, and mom, and what, what did mom do? She was a French teacher. She was a mom for a long time. And then when she went, just like, when we got old enough, she went back to work and she was a middle school French teacher. Is she French? Um, legendary. No. no. But she is legendary, Josh. I mean, she taught in the same, uh, you know, public high, uh, public middle school system for, you know, 25 years, maybe longer. Yeah, maybe and longer. Yeah. There, Josh and I, you know, I would go back. I'd be in a grocery store when I would go home and visit and people would come up to me with the gait and face of someone who was about to recognize you from television <laughs> and instead would say, are you Madame Meyer's son? <laughs> and say yes. And they would always and they would always tell you like their French name to say hello to her. They would right. be like, Could you tell her that uh Guillaume Jackson says hello? <laughs> and... <laughs> Guillaume. Do you speak fluent French, both of you? No. no. We both had her. No. 
Really? Josh yeah. was better. Josh, she gave Josh a French award one year because no. they would each each teacher would give out like the science award and she gave it to Josh, which I thought was pretty shady. She claims he earned it. I got some I, boos and hisses. Yeah, I'm uh, sure. Was a bad <laughs> how how, how was that having that your mom as a teacher? I mean, how did that work out? It was great. It was great. It was great. She was a fun teacher. Like there were a lot of I mean, it's also, it's middle school French, so it's a lot of songs right. being sung. Frère Jacques, See? If you're looking to do some substitute work, Ollie and I went to Lycée Français. Lycée Française. Ah. Mais oui. The other great thing about my mom was we were also the house that had a lot we would have the eight kids sleepover at our house mm -hmm. and so oh my, my parents were sort of like known by all kids especially my mom so a lot especially when i went through in sixth grade she was pre-beloved by a lot of kids so yeah. even the ones that maybe would have been i don't know misbehaving for other teachers were more fun. Yeah. You know, with her. And she it's probably had just had like a different kind of respect for her because they knew how she. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's my I, house now. It is the, it's like the flop house, party central. Everyone's mm -hmm. there every weekend. I have 8,000 kids there. My son's 15, has a girlfriend. So now all of his friends are at my house. I wake up in the morning to take the dogs out and like two kids are sleeping in the office. I mean, this is my weekend. Do you love it? You I do. Love it though, I do. Right? I do. I have the yeah. same thing. I really love it. I do. And it's a safe place for them to be. That safety thing is a huge piece. I get it. I sort of, I think as I now have kids, I realize, oh, yeah, my parents would much rather have their basement get destroyed and know their kids were all right. Yes. Than yeah. be lying in bed wondering. Would, yeah. Our parents would also, if we'd go to a friend's house once we were like in high school and maybe there would be drinking, they would say, sort of point blank they would say like are people going to be drinking and you would just say yeah and yeah. they'd be like okay we'll stay there mm -hmm. and that was it yeah it yeah. was fine it's just sleep over yeah yeah um, don't move around yeah that's, that's exactly. always my it's yeah. so different now though with uber and stuff you know because uh, i have rider yeah. <clears throat> riders in college my uber bill is i can't even begin to talk about yeah. it just wait till <laughs> hope that your kids don't want to go to college. I, I because am. I'm, I'm, I'm. I can't even tell you. Against it. I have to <laughs> to say, <laughs> I didn't realize how expensive it was going to be. It's really funny when I, because I remember the number my parents paid. We both went. So my parents met at Northwestern University in Evanston, Illinois, and then Josh and I both went there. And I remember the number because my, you know, we're very lucky, right? Mm -hmm. My parents, our parents paid for our school, yeah. but they also, my dad wanted us to know how expensive it was and mm -hmm. wanted us to know sure. like what a sacrifice they were making. And that was an important thing for us to know. Yeah. In my head, that number still seems like a big number. I kind of like frozen it and not taken into account inflation. <laughs> yeah. And, it's and not that like, number oh, anymore. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also, it, I had kids late. So I'm like, it's like two generations for me. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I, I went to Boulder for two years and I called my mom first semester, sophomore year. I'm like, I'm wasting your money. I know what I want to do. I got to get out of here because I'm just, I am doing nothing here right now. You well, know? well, you're, you're going to die. <laughs> yeah, no, it was Plus, everybody, there was everybody that here too. in Boulder. Everybody is on to just the leaf. No, I'm not selling anything. The leaf. Well, the leaf. I couldn't support myself in Boulder. They know they're, they're more hip to it. Just the leaf was not working. We've already told the story a thousand times, but I, I'll never forget. I started working. So I, I was just that I was total middle child, you know, got a job uh, at 16 and clo with at a clothing store was like, 
you know, making my own way, auditioning. I got a part. I had some money in the bank. So mom just like cut me off. She was like, no, you, you're fine. You know, <laughs> meanwhile, I'd hear my mom organizing a chef for Oliver in college. <laughs> and yeah, but- I inside was, was like, what? Yeah, but I didn't know. Like, I, it's, it's like food would show up. It was the craziest experience. I got a knock on the door, sophomore year, we were off campus and it's this per, a chef in like a chef outfit <laughs> with a plate of some sort of a casserole. I'm like, hi, who are you? <laughs> this is from your mother and we'll be coming each week with food. I'm like, you're fucking kidding me. My whole house was of course, happy about it, but it was yeah. deeply embarrassing for me. <laughs> but you ate it. I ate it, but it was still, I yes. mean, just and my mom, without deeply asking triggering me, for me, wanted, like, got me a chef because she knew I wasn't eating at college or something. I, so I don't funny. Know. See, my parents, much like having everybody in the house, they were thrilled because Josh and I were at school together at the same time. We overlapped for two years in college, and so I think that was probably their happiest oh, time. That's the best. Oh, God, I know. So what were you guys like you know, as kids, I mean, so you seven, nine, but like when you started to get into middle school, high school, what were you like? What were you were- always tight? We were always tight. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. But we're very, for, for people who like look and sound alike and have taken sort of similar life paths, we're very different. <laughs> um, I think I, I was more solitary. Would you sign off on that, Josh? Yeah. I liked kind yeah, of being so. in my room. Um, uh, doing reading, what? What were you doing? Comic books reading? or other books? Yeah. I was like, I like, I like, I did all those sort of like introverty, like collected things like baseball cards and comic books and, you know, would organize them. Whereas I felt like Josh was always out being active and uh, Josh, we yeah, like, like, liked skiing, liked biking, liked all these things that I sort of did out of the. Uh, so, Josh, you were more athletic. I mean, yeah, I guess you could say that. But I mean, Seth was on the track team, but like I was on the baseball team and track. Yes, it's there's a team, but it's an individual sort of. It's also Josh being kind. It day. was the only. Uh, it was one of the few sports <laughs> at my high school they wouldn't cut you from. So I was on that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just run. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But I will say I don't play baseball anymore, and you still run. So. Mm, um, that's true. I got that going. Did for you say? Do you have all your comic um, books and baseball cards saved? I mean, did you keep them through it at all? Yes, but I, you know, um, I was definitely buying through that like inflated boom. Yeah, like I, it was like buying like NFTs at the wrong time. Yeah, like, everybody was buying them. So very little of what I own, I feel like, can have any value. Was it like that Ken Griffey era? That that rookie it, or was that before? It was a little bit earlier. Little I mean, earlier. I, it was more like Mark McGuire, right? And like, you know, Roger Clement, like those were the cards that everybody was covetous. But what about the comics? Because I was into comics for a minute and there was some really expensive comics. I remember like X-Men 1 and, you know, Spider-Man 1. But I feel like, right, there's Image Comics. I don't know if you remember that. It was like Spawn. Mm -hmm. And and then that kind of was like early 90s. And so there were all these new issue number ones. And so everybody was running to buy. Got it. Because you now had this belief that, Number ones would always go up in value. And right. I feel like they did not. Josh, were you into comics as well? No, no. I wasn't into baseball cards or comics. And Seth, every now and again, would sort of suggest, he'd be like, hey, try this. Um, and I never got into them. I've still, like, to this day, I don't know if I've read a comic all the way yeah. through. Um, he has a, just never never did it for me. It's, I like, was, it's yeah. like people's brains that don't understand math. Like, it's just like, 
nope, not going to happen. I feel that way about comics. Like I open a comic and I'm just like, I just, there's nothing about this that is like. I was that in with a, Josh. I, yeah. It's very tricky. Josh with like the panel structure. I remember as kids just being like, no, it just goes like. <laughs> He's like, well, <laughs> I understand yeah. it. I, I like, yeah, but you as a kid, you, you're giving yourself too much credit now. You were like, I okay. don't like this. <laughs> but yeah, then I just like go build a jump outside yeah. and like ride my bike and like take this jump a bunch of times. Josh is far like more that. fearless than me, both physically and also certainly early on as a performer. Josh was way more likely to audition for for things like school plays. And I was when, very when did that performance gene start to creep in? Um, I feel like we always were sort of performing for our parents um, when we were really little. Like foot of the bed is probably where it all started, the foot of our parents' bed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then in junior high, the first play I did was Fame. Mm -hmm. um, and we uh, were, were from New Hampshire, not a super diverse state. And I'll give you, uh, well, I'll just tell you, I, I played Leroy. <laughs> which doesn't Probably not. <laughs> doesn't age doesn't age well. As no, I don't think it aged choice. well no. even in the moment. But yeah, I think yeah. probably. Yeah. I think probably based on the diversity of our school, probably just shouldn't have done fame. Right. Probably yeah. would have been a good probably idea. Project. Yeah. Like, well, like whoever like has a, that VHS can just throw it in the. Uh, no, throw it in the it right. a, it's what's known now as a classic reverse Hamilton, where right. we played a lot of diverse roles <laughs> with uh, white people. You should have done like the boys yeah. of Syracuse or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did My Fair Lady the next year. And so that. Yeah, there you go. There you that, go. That fit a little cleaner. That's funny. Um, <clears throat> who were you in My Fair Lady? Were you the lead in that too? No, um, <laughs> I was Colonel Hugh Pickering, who has one okay. song, and it's very much a sort of spoken song called "You Did It." Do you I remember? Have, uh, do you remember the, who who Henry was? Do you do you still hold a grudge? Uh, yeah, John Villeneuve. Oh, oh. <laughs> he, he was Fucking good. John, man, he, he was, was good. good. Yeah, he, he, was good. he was he wasn't too afraid to sing, and I was like, I was fine to to like act and do scenes, but I was always very nervous to sing. And I'm still nervous to sing a lot of times. And I think I have a fine voice, but like karaoke weirds me out sometimes mm -hmm. because I don't, I feel like my voice is better than people that are going to be like funny and bad, mm -hmm. but not as good as people who sound like, you're, oh, this person can really sing. You're right so in that I'm middle in ground. Middle and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like when people are listening, they're like, oh, this is kind of, I don't, I'm not, it's not funny to me and it's right. not really all that right. good. They're, they're, so. Not my, sure how to feel. This is my anxiety. I have the same thing at karaoke because I actually sing. So it's sort of like you're – you're like you show up to karaoke and everybody's like drunk and being silly and I'm like, <laughs> like yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know how like to, should I go for should it I, or yeah. be funny I don't know like, you gotta read the I, room do I sing right. I will always love you or do I really get after it <laughs> do I do my runs or do I stay away from the runs it's really funny it's true yeah. like you almost have to yeah. read the karaoke room because sometimes maybe it's a crowd a sophisticated crowd yeah. you can really belt yeah or you're like, oh, God, do I just half-ass this thing and have a good time? <laughs> yeah. Classic tweener problem. When tweener. you get stuck in the middle in karaoke, nobody's that's, happy. That's yeah. right. It's a terror. Everyone just starts literally ignoring you. <laughs> Sitting there by yourself. But the the, the go-to is then, for me, I've learned that my fallback at karaoke is the duet. 
Mm-hmm. So can, if you're duetting, then you somebody. have like Greece, you know, summer loving, mm-hmm. then you can kind of right. lean into being in the in-between. Our family karaoke song, when my uh, parents and Josh, when we're all together, we will belt out Thunder Road. We feel like that's a good, like, good. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of has a good, like, scream. Our song, mm-hmm. our song is well, Raindrops on Roses. <laughs> is that never, our family song? We, yeah, the family's never done karaoke, like, ever together. That's what friends are for? Yeah, that's one. We, we recorded that in Westwood. Yeah. Westwood used to have this mm. thing back in the day, a recording studio, and it was on a tape. I, would, I went there right. all the time. Yeah, we go there and record weird songs. Yeah. That's fun. That's, yeah. I mean, that thing, I mean, I, is that lost or is it just that it's so easy to record everything kids don't value it the same no. way? Like, I okay. remember we had a friend who had a VHS tape. Yeah. And you'd go over to his house and he would just like show, like, remember my birthday party two years ago? <laughs> we would just watch <laughs> like rap. <laughs> So, oh my God, it's so true. No, but but they have that. And ha- this weekend, a bunch of wild, uh, Wilders, my oldest, a bunch of Wilders friends went to downtown LA. They rented a studio. Oh, fun. And Milo, uh, one of his boys, made a beat and they all rapped on this, right. wrote raps and did an entire song and they played it for me. So they actually went and did it. I mean, it was crazy to listen to. It was all oh. auto-tuned and insane. <laughs> that's good. As long yeah. as they like, still like putting it together, that's all that matters. Oh, yeah. That they want to make a thing. So performing, did performing come first or did like the creating part? Like when you, when you, because I like just as an example, I came out like hot with high kicks and like loving a stage. Whereas Oliver was always trying to figure out what the show was or what the what the movie was we were going to make and writing it. Mm-hmm. I made up movies with- every weekend with a friend with filters and blood and squibs and the whole thing. <laughs> and she was acting. And, and yeah, I was yeah. always like, you know, t- tell me who I am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like, the, I don't know if you think of it as, as, as seminal a moment, Josh, but do you remember the comedy night we did at high school? The Yeah, for sure. Night? I was going to say again, the same thing. We weren't the organizers. It was, we had a friend I feel like it was Matt Traxler who did it. And he just basically went to the school and said, we have like all these funny kids. We want to do sketches one night. And it was, it was like the first massive hit in my life I was a part of. Like we sold out the auditorium. It was like on a Thursday night. And we did a collection of like, like I remember Josh and I did a Monty Python sketch, but we also wrote sketches about teachers that did way better than they had any right to do because it was all these sort of like C plus, B minus impressions of teachers, but mm. just crushing with kids. Mm. Like crushing. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that and was we, the first like, there was taste. A, yeah, there was a talent show called Winter Follies and we would enter that and typically do like people would be, you know, doing a, a ballet routine or someone would have a piano piece that they would play and a band would come out and we would typically do... do a sketch from Monty Python and then sort of comedy night came about and it was just a full night of just like sketch comedy. Mm. And uh, so what did you guys do watch? Do you remember you, what was your favorite were you like Monty Steve, Python sketch? Yeah, Monty Python, Steve Martin. Like what, what were your, what, who did you watch yeah. as kids? We did the dead parrot sketch, which I actually yeah. saw online recently. Like someone has a video of it, of us of doing, us doing it. it? And, wow. Really? Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Like we're incredible um, good. Like how good we are. <laughs> no. Oh. No. Then I don't want to see it. But it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
And we're doing, you know, we're doing our British accents as well. It's uh, oh, it's yeah. the best. But yeah. we did um, to speak to what you asked, Oliver. Like our dad, like I feel like always introduced us to stuff. Oh, I bet it was the same for you. I'm gonna put my money. It was the same for you guys. But like age inappropriate. Like we were listening to Richard Pryor yeah. albums, Steve Martin albums, and when you're so what you're starting is listening to with Steve, you're listening to somebody who's already deconstructing stand up. Like mm-hmm. that's your intro mm-hmm. is yeah. somebody who's like looking at it through a lens of the old way it was hacky. And then Monty Python, we used to watch it would air on PBS on I feel like Sunday nights at seven. And my parents would let us stay up and watch that, which was such a trip. Mm. But oh. those were and so we I anything that was comedy made for kids, I remember not liking, thinking it was yeah. super Hacky. Yeah, for me, it was always something more. I mean, even like SNL, and then and then it was Kids in the Hall. I remember getting into like Kids yeah. in the Hall, and well, then Mad TV, ever, right? Josh, you were on Mad, Mad TV. TV. Yeah, yeah, we didn't. I didn't watch Mad TV much, but yeah, we used to tape SNL, and we would stay up and watch it. And when we had like a VHS recorder, and then we would in the mornings on Sunday mornings, we would play the sort of best sketches for our parents. Um, were you on, were you on with Bobby yeah. Lee? Yeah, I worked with Bobby Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause he was on there too. I did, yeah. a, I did a show with him. I yeah. love him. He's the crazy. So you guys basically, oh you God. were already, He's crazy. <laughs> you were already writing and organizing comedy in high school. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then for me, and then eventually for Josh, like, so I went to Northwestern and I was a film major and thought I wanted to, you know, direct, make movies. And then New Student Week, I saw the Northwestern Improv Troupe. And, you know, again, it was just students crushing in front of students. And I just felt such deep jealousy. <laughs> I wanted it so, that's all I wanted to do. My parents were paying so much money. And I was like, there's this thing where you just make up stuff <laughs> off the top of your head based on suggestions from the audience. You don't even come up with the suggestions. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's so easy. It's so easy. You can't believe, I can't believe how much you're paying for this. This is ridiculous. Um, but that's all I wanted to do. And, but it only, uh, I auditioned every year. I didn't get it till my senior year. Really? Um, do you yeah. remember your auditions? Like what you had to do? Was it just straight improv and you just It was sucked? like straight improv. Like you would just, I mean, it was like, and there were eight, there were only eight slots. I don't know oh, what it's okay. like now, but it was eight, capped at eight. So it wasn't like this giant improv uh, troupe. And the, and I will say the people they cast were always exceptional. It wasn't like I ever felt like I got jobbed, but they finally all graduated and I did it my senior year. And then Josh, you did it for two years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was great. And then you do that and you kind of think, I remember being on stage, uh, you know, at our student union or whatever and thinking, oh, oh I just want to do this until somebody tells me to stop. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have any other plans. Than yeah. trying to. Be- I auditioned for the Groundlings one time and it was sort of like on a whim. Like my friends and I just said, well, let's go like audition for the Groundlings. And I went in there and we did a little thing and then you're supposed to stand up, you're back to the audience and they shout something like you're a crazy dentist or you're a this, and this, and this. And I get up there and they're like, okay, you're the king of cheese. And I took it as like an Italian guy who has a cheese store rather than being like a cheesy guy. I think that's what they wanted. So I turn around. I'm like, I got the mozzarella. I got the fucking Swiss cheese. What do you want? Da, 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 da. And everyone's staring at me like, what is this guy doing? You're I, I, by the way, I, that was where I went first as well, Oliver. Yours. I love I, yeah, it. Same. I, I, I think that's the better choice. I didn't get in. No, I, I, I didn't yeah. work. Improv. Well, 
that must have been why. (laughs) (laughs) You just got it wrong. Improv for me was like the breakthrough. Like that was when my first improv class was in high school and we did a semester of improv. And I remember my first improv and I was like, oh, like that's everything because I felt so free. And like, it it was like something that didn't, I had no fear in improv. I yeah. loved it because you didn't have to learn I any lines I feel like when too. you do improv <gasps> or when you start getting into it, you know more about it than your audience does. And when people are first learning about it, it's like, it's magic. It like, like people really have their minds blown. And so if you're like performing for college students who haven't, you know, haven't been going down to Second City mm-hmm. or Improv Olympic, and all of a sudden they're seeing sort of their fellow students like, wait, they're they're really they this isn't written before. Right. Like they're just doing it off the top of their heads, right. and yeah. it's yeah, that's it's, crazy. It's bro. like doing magic. I would imagine. I'm yeah, not, there's also <laughs> I like some of the tricks. rules for life. Like I remember the first rule I ever learned in improv was don't use the word no. Don't, don't always, ever right. negate. Yeah. The problem is you yes, brought that don't. in. You brought that into your sex life and it didn't, <laughs> it was bad. It was all bad. <laughs> my, my, and how many yes, kids? You said my, you have a thousand. That's right. <laughs> that's thousand right. Kids. With the different fathers. <laughs> so he's not wrong. <laughs> I've learned boundaries. It took me, took me 20 years to get past that lesson. It's so true though. That yes and attitude towards it um, is a really good uh, life lesson. And you realize people want to hang out with you. I mean, I know my three friends who are the most yes and, and they're the ones you want to travel with. They're the ones you want to do anything where if something goes wrong, they just embrace it as a, you know, a new advantage. I remember we had it, we had this amazing, and, and again, this, this is, comes from just the the blessing that we've had growing up in the family that we grew up in, but we took a family trip to Costa Rica. So here's a, another good, this, this, this I can share. Um, but, uh, and we, end, we ended up running into Robin Williams. It was like a oh weird God. moment where my mom and I went to this yoga thing and she, someone wanted to show us this place where they did yoga in the jungle and we walk in there and Robin is just sitting in this yoga hut and my or like what what my mom was like oh my god and we ended up having a great time and 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 Robin uh and his wife are like when are you guys going back we said Wednesday and they're like we're going back Wednesday come with us and they had an airplane um, so of course my parents were like, yes, we'll go back with you on your airplane, <laughs> but we do have our entire family. They're like, great, come. We end up driving that. down the, the, the road to get to Robin Williams plane. And there was a sugarcane strike in the road with big trucks. Literally, it was like, you know, it was a one, it was a one lane highway, two huge trucks, People, cars on the side of the road, people crazy. trying to get around. It was this. crazy. I haven't thought about this for years. And now we couldn't get to the other side. People were trying to call. We didn't have, at this time, we were young. There, there were no, like, cell phones. So we're trying to find how to get to the airport. We're talking to people. We don't speak Spanish. Um, we, finally, we finally found one car 
Okay, there was one car, nice car that my mom and Robin's wife went in. And me and Oliver and Kurt and Robin had to sit in the back for, the, for an hour. The back of a truck. Sat in the back of a pickup truck. Uh, one of those small pickup trucks, right, with all the luggage mm-hmm. and all of us sitting on top of this pickup truck. And Wyatt, who at the time was like baby five, yeah, is sitting in between this Costa Rican, you know, Malia farming farmer family in the cab with the with the man driving and the wife and little Wyatt with his little white head. <laughs> and Robin was so mad because this was not, you know. It, that what ended up happening, in order to turn it around, we saw it happen. We got a 45-minute stand-up in the back of this pickup truck. He couldn't oh, stop. Wow. Mm-hmm. And he just, it was like, I mean, talk about watching a master in a natural element of like, I am so not having happy right now that the only thing I can do right. is laugh is and laugh. make jokes. Yeah. And he made a joke about Wyatt and his new family right. and where oh, he's, yeah. his new life. <laughs> and he just kept going and going and going. And I was like, oh, my God, like that again, here was another inspirational moment for me where I was like, there's nothing better than taking a stressful moment and being able to mm-hmm. create what he created for us mm-hmm. in the back of this little pickup truck mm-hmm. in 1995. Yeah. Wow, four? I haven't thought about that yeah. in a long time. I'm not wild. <laughs> Are you guys critical Sorry, of each other? Long- critical of your comedy growing up? Were you able to sort of talk about that's good, that's bad, you could be better here, you know, mm-hmm. or was you just just go, just roll? We, I think we were pretty, we were not very critical. And then we, after, after college, we both worked, we overlapped, not for very long, but we worked together in Amsterdam. These uh, Chicago guys started an improv comedy theater in Amsterdam called Boom Chicago. And so we overlapped there. I directed some shows Josh was in, but I never, I do think when it comes to taste, that's probably where Josh and I align the closest. And so it's very rare for us to have super divergent Mm -hmm. opinions and I also think we're pretty hard on ourselves mm-hmm. on stage. So it would be rare for one of us to come off and be like, fucking killed it. And have the other one be like, actually. <laughs> yeah. I think if, if anything, we're more a cheerleader for each other than the other. But are yeah. you, are you, is it, can you say to Josh and Josh say to Seth, like, you know what, that, you know, it wasn't great. Or does it, does it even it, need to be said? It I feel really like if good. you, if it doesn't, also if it doesn't go well, I feel like the, biggest example of this is like Seth's done a lot of stand-up now and if he gets off and it hasn't been a good show which I don't know if I've seen one that hasn't been good but he feels it more mm-hmm. than I do I feel like the performer knows if it's like this is a hot room or this isn't and I feel like my I might make suggestions for things but I would never I wouldn't be like cut all this like nothing's working here <laughs> I might be like maybe try this maybe try this but I feel like we try to be additive more than uh Mm-hmm. Then like, and just I will say like before I I was doing Josh was coming to shows before I did uh, my Netflix special. He was I was doing practice hours and Josh was coming and meeting me on the road and coming. And I think though, again, he would pitch jokes and that was really helpful. But it's true, like you, I I certainly have a tendency to remember the best a joke is gone, and so I would walk off and say, I feel like this, this, this. And Josh was great at being like, Oh no, I'm I've seen the last six. Mm. Like the, they are consistent shows. Like it's not, I know you're hearing these different levels, but Mm. like 
if you're aiming, which I was, if you're aiming to be consistent by the taping your special, like this is all. Well, let me ask you a question as far as stand as far as stand up goes. You know, it's a kind of a weird one to answer, but how much of it is the performer and how much of it is the audience? Meaning, taking that joke, that one joke, whatever that is, you've you've been consistent with that joke, but there's different levels. So, are we now blaming the audience when it doesn't go well? <laughs> I know. I so that's the thing. I think the reality is some audiences are quieter than others. I'm I'm not blaming them. They just sound quieter. But the, my problem is I always blame myself, mm-hmm. even though I think sometimes it's just an audience is like less electric, not. And I'm not blaming them, but you just like what? But I think it's impossible not to be like, what the? What, how did I screw it up? Right? It, it always works, and then sometimes it just something. That must be wrong. so interesting because I mean I think the hardest thing in the world is stand up comedy because, like for me, when I'm on stage, it's almost like I black out. Like I just go, and then I get off the stage, and you're sort of like, was that okay? Like I. You know, how was it? Like, it's hard for me to gauge. But I guess if you're doing something consistently every night, which I haven't done for since high school, basically. But, like, then I guess you you have a little bit more awareness. Like, you become your own witness a little bit. The shock value is gone, too, where you're like, yeah. you haven't done it. Yeah. You know. The fun, it's weird, though, like, how one of the most dangerous things is you get too used to a joke, you know, one that always works. And then you, without knowing you're doing it, you fall out of love with it, or you just start assuming it's going to work without actually connecting with it as you say it. Right. And so like, that's the, you know, the great, the fun thing about doing a, the late night show is it's different every night. So you don't have to worry about like, it's all in a good way and a healthy way disposable. Like if a joke doesn't work, you don't have to worry about how am I going to fix it? Cause you're just going to tell a different one tomorrow. Whereas with stand-up, you do want to refine it and make it tighter and tighter with while also keeping it fresh because you have to the audience knows it's not the first time you're doing it, but they wanna they wanna feel like it's the first time you're saying it. So that's part of the performance as well. Mm. Do you I mean, we ask this question a lot, uh, especially with, you know, siblings that do the same thing. Is that challenge does that ever pose a challenge? Is there ever moments that become challenging for you guys when one, you know, in one, like I always say, Oliver, Oliver always, did you ever get jealous or is there ever moments of like, you know. Envy. Envy. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Seth's had the the rare sort of good fortune to have like two jobs, one of which ran for like 14 years, something like that. How long you're in SNL? 12. 12, And and then this next one, who knows when that'll end. And I just feel like in, you know, I live in LA and it's, you sort of, you get a job sometimes and it's like, great, I got a job. And maybe you work for a month and then it's like, well, that job's over. Mm -hmm. Gotta go find another job. So the, the sort of the inconsistency (laughs) of work is, Yeah. uh, yeah, is a drag, but I don't know that it's, it's not, uh, like spiteful envy. It's just like, oh. Must be nice. Must be nice. Yeah. <laughs> the security. Yeah. This. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. No, but I love that you admit that. You know, because we ask this question a lot, and and, and like every single person except for who is it, Chad Lowe? No, Chad was like, oh yeah, it yeah, was no. Chad. It Everyone's was Chad. like, no, of course not. Like it's and all support. Like, like I know there's support, but where they're at, you know. But Chad was Chad Lowe was like. Yeah, f- are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I wish I was Rob Lowe. I mean, what are you talking about? We also, you, you, I mean, I don't, I mean, again, if you see us up close, I don't think we like are identical or anything, but we certainly, 
It's going to be one of the real hurdles of our podcast, guys. Right? <laughs> Who's talking? You got to put the. You got to change your voice. You got to change. Yeah, your voice. we might tweak. We might have to tweak a voice. That was true. <laughs> but you've had Josh. You've had an amazing career because yeah, you work. You cool really shit. work with all these amazing comedians. And do you ever do? Do you ever do any writing rooms? Do you like to write? I do like to write and like, and Seth and I have written a couple things, um, you know, that we've sold that haven't turned into things, but, but Seth took all the credit. Nice to be in that space. (laughs) Um, and, and, uh, you know, obviously not writing anything at the moment uh, with the strike, but that was um, a trap. That was yeah. a trick question. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We are not undercover (laughs) by the guild. (laughs) Um, and yeah, but I haven't really gone into writer's rooms. I had sort of, it's a, it's a, mild regret of mine or, you know, you try to let these things go. But because I've been an actor, I was always worried about getting into a writer's room and then not being able to get out of a writer's room and get back onto a set. And so, but now I look back and it was like, well, that was like dumb. I should have put that foot forward, you know, ages ago. And then, you know, I would sort of, I would be more familiar with those rooms or I would know more of those people or I could you know, get those jobs. Um, and now I feel like if I were to go into a writer's room, I would be kind of new in that situation and also old in that situation to be the new person. Uh, so, yeah. So I feel like you, we need more older writers in writer's rooms. Yeah, but they're there. They've And they've always been in writer's That's- rooms. They're just <laughs> older now. They- <laughs> I'm just so bummed when, when, the, when that moment, uh, where your older brother starts talking, your younger brother starts talking about how well, he's older, and you're like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, right. Like, what am I? I know what that means. He is. Yeah, well, you guys, you guys ages just start melding together. You guys are yeah. so, you know, well rounded with each in in your relationships. Like, where is there any tension, or is there at all? I mean, do you guys butt heads? Is there certain situations or issues that come up where you know? There's some. No, no. I mean, I feel like we've. I mean, one thing is we've been on the opposite coasts for you know 20 years. You know, the last place we lived together was Amsterdam, and that's a really long time ago. But you know, I will say, like, I mean, we've written things together, and I really enjoyed the process. But I think that you know, kind of is where the rubber meets the road. We've had disagreements there, but pretty affable disagreements. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's been. We've never really had to get into it. That's and you guys right. are literally on different coasts now. That's hard. Yeah, yeah but we have been, been for forever. 20 years, so we're kind of used to it. Yeah. How long were you in Amsterdam? I was there for three and a half years total. Wow. Um, and Seth and was, was there, there for two. year and a half. I yeah, was there two. two years, but I would go back a lot. Um, yeah. I didn't even know there time. was a place that I didn't know Chicago had a uh, an improv there. They still they start. It's just these guys. They started their own sort of use the second city model, and they're actually this summer they're having their thirtieth anniversary of the theater, which is nuts. Did you have a blast? That sounds. I mean, so was it fun. so fun? Yeah. It was the best. Oh God! It was the somebody somebody age. sent me a picture recently of like the cast in two thousand, and there were so many of us, and like just so many. Like all-star performers. Yeah. It was like, it was great. Oh my God. I mean, not that we don't love our lives now. I love my kids. I love it all. I mean, you know, but when you, when you reflect and you go back to that time, it's just like, holy shit. 
that was it. Oh, and to be like, like to be twenty, yeah, in twenty Amsterdam, in Amsterdam, and like doing sketch stand up, like, doing sketch comedy, uh, improv comedy. I mean, holy fun. Jesus! It must. We also we were right before the Euro, so we would still get paid. They would pay us in cash and uh, with guilders, which looks like you can't fucking believe it was legal tender. <laughs> it's the goofiest money. Giving <laughs> you an envelope of goofy, colorful money. And none of it felt like the the idea of like saving it. It would sounded insane. Yeah. So you would just burn through the cash every week, and then you do more shows and get more cash. Ugh. And again, as Josh said, like it's also all of us. You know, the whole cast was Americans. Everybody came over, and we got to be really close and and continue to be really close. But that thing where you move abroad and you get to strip away everything you don't like about yourself. Mm-hmm. And just keep the things you do like and mm. start fresh with a new group of people. And I'm so, so happy I did it. it I know. The Is there any way to do that now at our age to strip away everything that we don't like about ourselves? Is there? Is yes. it possible? And start Not without fresh? getting an earful from your wife and kids. Like, what are you doing now? What is this? I think it is. I think it's always available. The energy in Amsterdam is one of the great... It's one of the great places in the world. I was there for my honeymoon. At least part of the honeymoon. It was so great. great. It was so yeah, fun. We did we a trip talking. years and years okay. ago. Uh, Seth ran the Helsinki Marathon. Thank and you for we went that, to, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> wait, we went wait, to... Wait, we went wait, to, wait, wait, wait. Back um, up. How, yeah, Running in a Helsinki Marathon. It's like a dream, you it, literally ran it? It was a dream of his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ran. I finished. I ran and finished the Helsinki Marathon. You can look it up online. Mm-hmm. It's Googleable. <laughs> when you say that you finished it, is that a joke? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so that was for our, you know, pun, our, our pun savvy listeners. <laughs> but oh we God. did sort of a, we did a great trip leading up to it where we went to like Copenhagen. We went to Stockholm. Then we went to Helsinki. And we were in these great cities and then we got, we did like three days in Amsterdam on the heels of it. And when we got to Amsterdam, it was just like, yeah, we, those are incredible cities that we just went to, but there's just something about Amsterdam. It's so small. It's so quaint. And like Cozy. to be on those canals. Oh, and the, and the um, townhouses and you see people inside at night, like doing things and hanging out. Yeah. And, oh, I just, I love it. They don't close their curtains. If they close their curtains, there's like a cultural thing there. And it's like, well, if you close your curtains, what are they doing behind there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you'll see like, you'll see naked people all the time just walking around like from their bathroom to their bedroom because they're like, if I close these, it'll be scandalous. So I'll mm-hmm. show you, I'm just naked. Mm-hmm. I'm going to the shower and then I'm going to go put some clothes on. <laughs> that's my deal. <laughs> <laughs> I so will funny. say that when you get older, Ollie, because it is like we're going back. I'm going back this summer and I'm talking to like people from my generation. And it was so it's both wonderful and sad that we all we're talking about now is no like late nights at yeah. the clubs. It's like, I just want to get coffee in yeah. the morning. Oh, no. <laughs> Those canals, baby. Yeah. No, I know. I want to get my. Yeah. You want your little yeah. waffle crisp. Yeah. And your coffee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's so true. Like I go to bed looking forward to my coffee in the morning. Like, ooh, it's gonna be oh. good. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my so god. Lame. Ollie, we have both used this sponsor and continue to use the sponsor. It is our longest standing sponsor. And they are for a reason because we love them and hopefully they love us. Sakara, what is Sakara? It's a flexible signature nutrition program. It makes it easy to plan nourishing, feel good meals around your busy schedule. So they're plant rich meals, okay? 
They help you look and feel at your best, um, even when you maybe even drinking a little bit or you've had back-to-back meetings. Um, it helps you manage your weight, eases your bloat with these science-backed, nutritionally designed meals that you will actually look forward to eating. They're delicious, seriously. And it's, it's so much more than just a, a meal delivery program. Sakar is a nutrition program. So it's like having a nutritionist or a chef right in one. The food tastes amazing. It's extremely convenient. And, and you just feel like you're doing something good for your body. So Sakara brings expertly designed organic nutrition programs and wellness essentials right to your door. They're science-backed, ready-to-eat meals, deliver results you can see and feel from weight management and eased bloat to boosted energy and clearer skin. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash sibling or enter code sibling at checkout. That's Sakara. S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash sibling to get 20% off your first order, sakara.com slash sibling. I love all this, like, you know, it's a different generation of funny too, I have to say. It's just, it's like a totally, I think, I think humor is changing. I wonder what that next generation of comedy is going to really look like. Mm. I just worry there's not enough comedy that's theirs and theirs alone it feels like there's so much so many fewer comedy films right and yeah. so i feel like kids are watching the office and which is great you know they're watching friends those shows are great but i'm wondering where their shows are because i do feel like yeah. you want to have something that's not also your parents yeah like rider riders w- watches the new girl he loves like the new girl like there's yeah. it, they do they watch all of our old it's all streaming now everything everything is back you know so these yeah. new shows are and being, there's so few i mean i would say we did like we were watching monty python which wasn't sure exactly, that's a good point that's, uh, true. that's a fair point that's true. yeah and faulty towers like yeah, that was <laughs> we're big hits kids. for us i just hope our kids are funny that's all i just want i just think it's it can be very torturous when you know uh the the, the funny gene but at the same time it gets us through everything i think it mm-hmm. got us through oh yeah some really like hard oh yeah dark moments and to like be raised in a funny house where we're able to oh my self-deprecation is covering all my pain (laughs) uh, uh, jesus it's it's, it's the way i get through life i just have to put myself down so no one else does first get there first yeah it's key key. i learned to stop i've just that i i I graduated from that okay well let's do our speed round okay great Okay, one word to describe. Oh, you guys have to say the names of each other because, or your own okay. name before you talk because you guys sound so much alike. Okay, one word to describe the other. Uh, this is uh, supposed to be a speed round. I'm just going to. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I believe that just... Josh is fearless. Wow. Uh, I believe that Seth is is loving. Oh. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay, what about at 13. Josh was permy. <laughs> that means you have a perm. Uh, uh, it wasn't a perm. It was a vavoom, and Seth was husky. Okay. <laughs> Did was you really husky? have a vavoom? Yeah, I had a vavoom. Uh, it was, I think, by L'Oreal. Uh, there was a poster <laughs> up at the, the place where I got my hair cut, and I was like, I want one of those. Hashtag ad. That is a tough day. 
to walk into school when one day your hair was like flat as a pancake and the next day it's like boing boing curly. That is he's fearless. He's fearless. (laughs) Yeah. Is he more fearless than you, you think, as far as just comedy goes, as far as putting yourself out? Everything. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he does stand up. Stand up spooks me, so I haven't done uh, nearly as much of that. Well, as why I would do you like think? It, do. Why like, do you I'm think g- it spooks you though? Like, well, you know, you're funny because it's just like because versus uh, improv, you're just getting up on stage and you're like, I wrote these jokes. Aren't these jokes funny? Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's some presumptuousness about that. Mm-hmm. That and like, and I've I've tried it a couple times, like here and there, and it like when it doesn't go well, I am deeply affected. <laughs> <laughs> not in a good way. Oh, are it's you really? Good. I don't. I don't think. Yeah. But, but Seth, you're not. Meaning, if you bomb, you you're you can you're okay with it. I've tried to put myself in a position where I don't bomb a lot. Right. Like, <laughs> I will say the last time I really bombed was uh, I hosted Rihanna's Diamond Ball, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't. Let's oh. just say it wasn't my room. Oh yeah. And, uh, How bad? And my what? wife. My wife was there, yeah. and my wife is incredibly supportive, and I do a lot of charity events in New York and my wife is often there. And again, charity events in by nature go worse than mm-hmm. if you're in a theater yeah. for your audience. And so every time I sit down, she'll be like, oh, that went really well. Because I'm like, was that okay? She's like, oh, that went well. And in a diamond ball, I sat down. She was like, that was a real disaster. <laughs> <laughs> what is, what is yeah, the- I want to deal with that. Oh, because, first of all, those are, those are, look, like you said, charity events are, are tough rooms anyway because- it's it's always in a loud, weird place where like the ceilings are super tall and like it's yeah. not super. It's not like I don't know. But also, it, just imagine the coolest, youngest people who yeah. are about to get Rihanna, and they're like, and here now the comedy styling, Seth Meyers. <laughs> 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 hey, you knew what you were getting into, though, didn't you? Uh, look, if there's anybody, I'll fall on my sword for. Yeah. It's- it's Rihanna. Rihanna. I have no regrets about the evening. Yeah. Definitely a very, very cool room. So, yeah. <laughs> your Too wife. Cool. Like, I, I don't think Odell Beckham was like, oh, great. <laughs> Seth Myers and Rihanna. <laughs> <laughs> okay. One word to describe your relationship close. Yeah, tight. Um, favorite thing, favorite show to watch as a kid? SNL. Cheers. Mm. Here's the thing, too. I was actually thinking about this the other day. Sitcoms (laughs) used to be really incredible. I mean, if you look at Cheers, they were all theater actors. The writers were incredible. I mean, if you watch the way it's even shot, it's just different. Mm -hmm. Why can't we try to get back to that and go to the standard sitcom? I was just with Jim Burroughs, actually, at a golf tournament and pitching him this mm. idea. And, and, and of course, I was on, I drank like 80 tequilas. and like, come on, bros. Like, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't bite? He didn't bite. He didn't no. say, yeah, really. let's do it, kid. But, <laughs> yeah, but, but, I mean, what happened? Do you think there's a way back to that? I don't know. I'm a little worried. I will currently say my, uh, my, my current situation about everything is a little worried. Uh, we're talking about show business. I know. Oh, yeah. I, the other thing is, like, you did have to do a bunch of pilots. I mean, they used to shoot a bunch of pilots. They'd take a bunch of swings. Yeah. And they'd find, and even then, they didn't, you know, again, the hit rate wasn't um, great. 
but they did. It was well, the this, idea was like, let's try a bunch of stuff, and then eventually we'll get a cheers or a friends or a and sign and they were looking for family. They were looking for adults and for kids to watch together, and we they don't do that anymore because everything's so compartmentalized. Yeah, it's like this is for kids, and I but weirdly my you know I always try to explain to uh, my wife that like I know the. I, I from a wide shot watching TV is is not great for kids to just sit around and watch TV. But like we did watch TV together as a family. Yes, and it was yeah the best. You watch Cheers together is was super fun and brought you closer together. I'm yeah. sorry. This happened right. to yes. us it this did. weekend. It was me and Bing and Ronnie and Danny sitting in the living room, and we decided to watch something together. But we could only see it on the Spectrum app, which had commercials. And now we're watching this thing with commercials, and I realized we hadn't sat down and watched a show with commercials. Oh god, like that. it's maddening. And we had so much fun, though. Yeah, in between yeah, yeah. commercials to be fun. I the other night I had friends over to watch uh, a basketball game, and then after the game we were like still hanging out, and it wasn't really that late. And we put on the end of uh, Wheel of Fortune, mm. and we watched like ten minutes of Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. which was so much fun. And yeah. then we watched uh, Family Feud. We watched a half hour of Family Feud, yeah. and it was like it was a delight. And we were watching commercials, and it was like it was a like chunk of television that I never watched, but that was so familiar yep. and so yep. it's so like, nice, pleasant. No, and you're I doing know. it yeah. like it together. really was. And then you kind of talk during the commercials, and you talk about what you're watching, and then. Yeah, I don't know. I, I that I wish we could bring. Back. I would be very worried if I was TikTok right now. Okay, wait. We have to keep going. Okay. Um, okay. Who is the louder laugh? Ooh, me. Me. Oh, I think I do. Okay. Yeah. Who laughs? Um, it's more? always fun there. With my mother is a. When she's in the audience of Seth's show, there's usually a couple moments when you can pick her laugh out, uh, and it's always really fun to watch those. She always can, she laughs at everything. She is a very forgiving audience. And I remember during one time at SNL, I told a joke on Weekend Update where literally she was the only person who laughed. <laughs> and the next morning, Josh texted me, "At least Mom liked that one." <laughs> oh, that's the. Did best. you acknowledge it on the show or no? I did not. I, I think that was Thanks, the part Mom. of my career where I was too afraid to acknowledge. Right. I would now. My own show, I would. Do you remember people, for, like every every person that was on SNL? Like, do you remember? I mean, the, the host? Like each host? Or do you, does that after a while start to like get muddy? It's interesting. I feel like on SNL, yes, to some degree. It gets a little muddy, but if it, if you talked about the week, I would remember something. Whereas it's a lot harder when you have a, talk show right. i remember mm -hmm. you, you know what i mean because it we, we at snl you do spend a whole week so you feel like you have that's true are you are you creatively fulfilled in your talk show i know you love it but like so i love it I do. i'm so creatively fulfilled i love it so much i it's a perfect second act to all the years i spent at snl but i i'm a hundred percent it's the best so are you doing anything else yeah I mean, so how could you not be envious right <laughs> It's the best. I am. I have everything I need. <laughs> Meanwhile, my brother, he likes work the best jobs ever, time. and then I followed it up with maybe the second best job ever. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, that's definitely going to be our cliff. So you, you know, like you and I will start a talk show, buddy. Me and you. I, I need it too. Yeah, great. 
Okay. <laughs> on okay. OnlyFans, though. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's where the money's at. That's where the money's at, right. buddy. I'm telling you, we could be yeah. really funny. It's, we could have our own talk show on OnlyFans. We'd that kill it. Family Feud. Right. <laughs> <laughs> According to your parents, who do you think they'd say broke the most rules as a kid? Um, Seth. Yeah, I, I would say Seth as well. Really? Because you, but you were like more in your room organizing comics. I was. I feel like though I would, I would, I think they would count stuff like fully lying about report card stuff. Mm -hmm. I was maybe more of just a dead eyed liar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There yeah. was like, there was famously, cause Seth would, Seth would get in trouble for things and I wouldn't. And there was a night when I went and slept over at this girl's house with a bunch of people, uh, we slept at Molly Suter's house, but I always would go spend the night at my buddy Randy Suazo's house, like on the regular with Tim O'Brien and Tim Wilson. And we would be at Randy Suazo's. And for whatever reason on this morning, Tim O'Brien's dad needed Tim O'Brien to come home to help him move a table. And so they called our house early in the morning, like on a Saturday. And they were like, yeah, is Tim there? And my parents were like, no. And then the parents started calling around and figuring out, like, they're not at any of these houses that they're supposed to be at. And Seth, like, woke up to come downstairs because he heard all these phone calls and, like, where's Josh? And he knew I was going to get in trouble. And he came down to sit at the kitchen table for me to come in and try to lie to my dad and then get caught and then get grounded. <laughs> and then Seth went right back up to bed. And he was like, yes. Oh, he just yeah. wanted to witness it. I'm so happy. Well, <laughs> yeah. That's the best. Um, what about what about your first celebrity crush? Oh, Josh was just um, talking, talking about this. Yeah, Pat Benatar was my first oh, celebrity crush. That's a good one. Oh, that's a really um, good one. I broke my leg skiing and it was when M. TV had just come out, so I was spending a lot of time in the, mm -hmm. the condo or the hotel room. And uh, yeah, she really she got um, me. She got you. Mia Sarah was she the she was the actress in Ferris Bueller, right? Oh my oh. god! Yeah. My oh, goodness. that's a that's wow. a very popular one. I her love, and Phoebe Cates. I loved her. Yeah, she was great. She was great. Where is she now? Where is she now? Uh, if your brother was an animal, which one would he be? <laughs> Oh no! An otter. Oh, <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, I don't know. I have capybara in my head for some reason. <laughs> yeah, the world's largest rodent. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like a bear-like rodent. Yeah. Uh -huh. No, this is this keeps getting more flattering. Like a husky rodent. <laughs> a bear rodent. A bear rodent. <laughs> okay. Uh, Usually the people conducting the speed round aren't this slow. No, I know. <laughs> we edit, you know. Wait till you wait till you oh, hear right, it. Right. Yeah. It's gonna fly. It's gonna be like Crack. crazy. Zap. It's like at a 1.5 speed. It's like nothing. Ever yeah. Who's more athletic? I think Josh is. I'm. I can just like run in a straight line for longer, but Josh is more athletic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's. I agree. When there's turning, you want Josh. <laughs> <laughs> your parents uh, equally think you're funny or do they do they oh yeah who do your parents think is the funny do they are, i mean i know they would never i think that's pretty equal i would i would definitely i would definitely say that's equal yeah and we'd like you know when you get together with your families you sort of play your roles and i i sort of feel like i 
I lay in the grass and wait to strike. You do. Um, I'm a bit of a Dave Stassen in that way. Are you? Are, I'm, I'm just desperate for my father's approval. Are you? Are you guys? <laughs> so are, are we. You? I mean, we don't, like, we don't have. Is. I don't know where he is exactly. Mm. <laughs> um, are you self-deprecating, Josh? Do you have self-deprecating humor? Is that part of your yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think you have to. Otherwise, do you, like, like I do, play off of the idea that like you know everyone's more famous and more successful <laughs> than than me? He wants um, to relate. Yeah, I don't know that I lean too hard no. into that. Yeah. That's too close to home, but yeah. <laughs> you should try it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, we always end each episode with these two questions. The first part is if there's anything that you could kind of take away from your sibling to relieve them of any kind of stress or something in their life that you think would be really good for them and, and help them live their best life, what would that be? And then the, the second part of the question is, what is the one thing that you wish you had more of that you wish you could emulate uh, that your sibling, a characteristic that your sibling has? I mean, one of the reasons why I'm always trying to find a way for us to collaborate because I just feel like both of our lives would be less stressful if we had more of a professional reason to spend time with each other because being on opposite coasts, you know, it's like we talk on the phone and whatnot, but we just don't have much reason to interact because we don't see each other as much as I'd like. So I feel like that would be a nice uh, stress reduction for both of us to just have something to do together, which is, you know, to be honest, one of the reasons why, um, you know, we thought a podcast would be a good idea. It certainly seems like you guys are enjoying each other's company. Mm -hmm. It's really I, coming it's across fun. over there. It's fun. <laughs> how, no, we, how often do you guys actually see each other? Um, three times a year? Yeah, I bet a little more. Yeah, I think more oh, than Oh, then that. you're going to. Um, right. Have you started doing the podcast yet? We've recorded a couple yeah. episodes. We haven't released anything. But we've You're going to love it. I mean, I think that Oliver and I, the, the thing that we just, it was like having the idea, but then the actual. This uh, is fun. Yeah, but, fun. But, but I think what we got the most out of it was that it made us have to be together yeah. and share yeah. with each other. And it's like reminiscing over old stories yeah. or talking about what's going on in that day things that we would have never actually communicated about. Like he could come in all stressed out about something and I'm like, what's going, what's going on? That conversation would have never happened if we didn't have our podcast, you know? So I think you guys are going to find Are you having guests as well? Yeah. So each episode is a different guest where we sort of just, and, it, and the nice thing too is, you know, we're using family trips as the jump off, but it is just a way to talk to people about their, their families, yeah. their siblings. And, yeah. you know, uh, I mean, uh, most people, the present company expected, uh, except, <laughs> you know, didn't grow up with famous parents. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. But yeah, like when you're a kid, also everything really? seems amazing. Like the first time we ever had adjoining hotel rooms, it was like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, and like, it's just, it's easy to have your jaw dropped by something when you're six. Oh, yeah. It's like every um, kid, I feel like, you know, every kid in America probably was like on their way to a private plane with Robin Williams when a sugar cake strike. <laughs> um, all right, wait. Oh, wait. No, no, no we so, got we got to no, do the other one. The other one. Okay. So um, what is what is this something about your brother that uh, that to, you wish uh, you had to? Yeah. To emulate something that you would love to have more of for yourself. Um, I mean, I would love that uh, 
that ability to sort of to the stand up sort of gene. I mm-hmm. would I would like that more that, that ability to to just let go of uh, of that fear and go out and know that you'll probably you'll be fine <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, it's funny because Josh, and, I'm the same uh, way with Kate, you know, I mean, yeah, because I, I feel like, I, like I, that. we're both performers, but that's sort of something that I just, I can't, I can't put myself in the game. And that's what you have to do is you have to put yourself in the game. You have to call your own number. And I just like, I have a file on my phone called stand up. And like, when I scroll down, it goes on and on and on, but I don't like, I haven't been on stage to do it in, in years. You got to do it. Um, yeah. But the other thing is like when you talk to stand-ups, they're always like, well, you just got to go out and like you got to do like, you know, three sets a night, six nights a week. And I'm like, but my couch, and my girlfriend and my dog. And like, oh, what about those things that I love? Um, this uh, it all goes back to our OnlyFans. I'm yeah. telling you, we can do anything yep. we yeah, want. There. Man. Anything yeah. we want. And by the way, $10.99 a month. Who knows? It could blow up. We could be it could be huge. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Seth, but do you do- have to do what you would emulate from Josh. I I can't figure out an, a way to phrase this without making it sound pretentious, but I feel like Josh is far more connected to the natural world than I am. And I know he was just talking about being on the couch, but Josh is always, I feel like the amount of times I check in with him and he's on him, he's hiking or he's skiing or he's out doing, I think like he like my appreciation of what LA is, is so tiny compared to what Josh has discovered in his years there, as far as the, that aspect. And when I'm with Josh, he often forces my hand to go outside and do things I would never do on my own. And those are days where I'm just, I mean, again, being outside, doing things, being physical, you're always happier. Uh, so that is a thing that I've mm. always uh, appreciated. About I Josh. love that. And Josh, what is one thing that you wish you could kind of, alleviate for your brother's well-being and be like, I take my children. <laughs> take, take my children. <laughs> please, please take yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, you know, take my, just take like my wife. I don't know. Take my children. <laughs> my take, them for, take them for a year. General stress. If I, yeah, I feel like if I could take, I don't know. If, if for one day a week I could take his his wife and all of her family away oh, <laughs> kind of. to somewhere nice. I mean, I love spending nice. time with them. them. They're very close to them. I really do. But they are they are everywhere in You're your life. Omnipresent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of them. And there's they a lot of them. they descend mm. like locusts. Um, <laughs> but loving locusts. You know how many? Um, you know how many there are? One more than you remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how they get you. Yeah, you, you think you got yeah. all your bases covered, and there's old, old cousin weirdo. Oh, but God. I, like, I will say, you know, Seth doesn't. Uh, he's not often in my apartment in LA, but when he comes here, he's like, he's like here to do press for 24 hours, and he might have like a couple hours he can come over and we're going to watch a game or we're going to grab dinner or something like that. And he'll lay on the couch and I just, I let him sleep mm. like, cause he can fall asleep at the drop of a hat. And I always want him to be comfortable mm-hmm. and I want him to be able to like get that rest that he won't get anywhere else. Um, and I'm happy to just Very like sweet. pull out my book that's and great. put on that's some like best. chill out music and just let him, let oh, him that's nap. That's good. Josh will deliver a tequila soda 
some pretzels, a little bit of hummus. It's very, I get treated very well in my my brief moments at my brother's. That's great. So you actually already actively do alleviate some of your brother's, what he needs. Well, you guys are the best. This This was so fun. I'm so happy we finally got to be able to do this. I can't wait to listen to your podcast. I know. This was a real, I mean, this is so fun to do, but also uh, what an education as we're about to embark on our own. You guys lay out a beautiful blueprint. This was so much fun. Oh, thanks. And honestly, have a blast. I mean, you're going to love it. You know what? Well, what we found was that when people, when you talk about family, when you really get into the ins and outs of whether it be the, Great times are the really challenging times, especially with siblings. It's so relatable. Not too many people talk about the sibling relationship. Yeah, it's an important one. And it's so important. And Do you guys cry in front of each other? We have, we have. For sure. Yeah. Are you yeah. criers? You just in generally, you guys cry? We're hoping uh, the plan is to cry yeah. two, three times a podcast. I think you should. That's what we do. <laughs> it helps. Help it, it helps with downloads. <laughs> If you want to hear us cry more, <laughs> hit subscribe. We just got the data back. Big spikes on the cries. <laughs> well, from one sibling team to the other, you guys, thanks so much. Yeah, this thank you guys. So Appreciate you. Thank you. This is a blast. Thank you guys. Sibling Revelry is executive produced by Kate Hudson and Oliver Hudson. Producer is Allison Bresnik. Editor is Josh Windish. Music by Mark Hudson, a.k.a. Uncle Mark. If you want to show us some love, rate the show and leave us a review. This show is powered by Simplecast. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome.